Hey, you're listening to Guat Doc Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. If you remember, all the way back to episode one, we defined what we mean by equilibrium, and that's the peace that's found only in Christ, the peace that passes all in understanding. And my friend, if you don't have Christ in your life right now, you are in turmoil. I can guarantee you that because we live in a nation that now suffers from FNS. That stands for Fallen Nation Syndrome. And I tell you, we aren't falling, we have fallen. And when we can't keep baby formula on the shelves, yet people within our nation who have the capability, who have aspirations to colonize Mars, it tells you that this is beyond a problem of intellect and expertise and skill. This is a manifestation of the God of the universe removing his hand from our nation. Is it beyond repair? Absolutely not. With Christ, the Bible says all things are possible. But dear friend, we need to be in immense prayer right now for our nation. This is not a Republican problem. This is not a Democratic problem. This is a human problem. And the human problem is, is that our nation has denied and has forsaken God. And with it comes the inability to do the most mundane and simple things. Mark it down. That is the truth. As I say that, I want to encourage you that as Christians who worship the Holy God, we are never without hope. And I'm telling you, I hope against all odds that a revival will fall on this nation as it did in the 1970s. And I'm going going to be doing some podcasts on that. But dear friend, in the midst of World War II, when it seemed that Hitler would rule the world, in a moment he was gone. And so my prayer is that this is not the end of the end but that it's just another one of those times in the, in the history of the world where just ungodly, unseen things are happening. But yet against that backdrop, if the people of God will turn to him and cry out for salvation and for rescue, he will bring it. And so, dear friend, as you listen to this, if you believe there's a God in heaven and you believe that he answers prayer, I call on you to ask him to give us a reprieve from this outpouring of, of evil and this outpouring of ineptness and this outpouring of sin that's being manifested in the incapability of being able to do the most simple, simple things. And I'm stumbling with words. This isn't scripted. This isn't written. This is coming from the heart. But the main point of today's show is I am launching the episode one of Other Things With, and it's a series that I'm featuring on YouTube. It's a YouTube channel, and I'm so excited. It's taken several months, really over a year, to make this happen. It seems simple, but my friend, let me tell you, it's not. Nothing about podcasting or video shows is simple, especially when you're trying to do it with excellence. And so I'm so excited it has finally launched. And the first episode is with Mindy Obenhaus, O-B-E-N-H-A-U-S. And Mindy is an inspirational author in the Christian romance genre of writing. And so what I've done is not only... Can you find the video? And I would encourage you to go to YouTube. If you type in other things with Mindy Openhouse, Openhouse, O-B-E-N-H-A-U-S, you should find it immediately. Unfortunately, until you get to be a huge producer in YouTube videos, you cannot secure an independent URL. In other words, a specific address. It's a gobbledygook of numbers that's impossible to remember. But I've done a test, and so far, everyone that has gone to YouTube and just typed in in the search bar other things with Mindy Obenhouse, they can find that video. But I encourage you, watch the video. But the cool thing is, I've listened to the soundtrack that I pulled out of the video, and the quality is very good. And so here you're going to hear it on this 
podcast series. Other, uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking, confusing them together. But uh, with Guadalajara Rocks, God of the World, and other things, I'm going to also feature the audio track from other things with. And so this is the first of hopefully, God willing, many videos to come with many open house. And it's featured in its entirety. And it's uh, much longer than my normal podcast is. It's right at an hour. And uh, every person that comes on the show, I've asked them to commit to an hour interview. And uh, time is precious. And so I, I respect the people. Coming up after Mindy Open House, I've got the video finished and I've got to edit it and upload it to YouTube first. But will be other things with Mark Maxwell. And Mark Maxwell is one of the top entertainment entertain, uh, uh, top entertainment attorneys in Nashville here where I live, and I'm so excited that Mark agreed to be on the show, and it's an outstanding episode, and I tell you what we're already seeing, and my goal with these video shows is that people would be inspired, conversations that inspire and encourage, and I tell you, against the backdrop of people at record numbers killing themselves, my goal is that if I can reach even one person who has come into a level of despondency to where they feel like that they can't go on, or that there's no hope for the future, that through watching these videos and listening to these podcasts, that they will be inspired that wait. With God, there is absolute hope. That's my prayer. And so anyway, you're going to enjoy this. Uh, Mindy did a great job. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with her. And I'm so excited for what God's doing in Mindy's life. And I'm excited about what God is going to do in your life and others who listen to this podcast with her interview. But anyway, with that, here it is, Other Things with Mindy Obenhouse. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want you to welcome Mindy Obenhouse, who is with us on Other Things. Mindy is an award-winning author who is passionate about touching readers with biblical truths in an entertaining and sometimes adventurous manner. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. She traces her love of romance back to the first time she saw Cinderella. Little did she know that one day she would be pinning her own love stories with faith, family, and happily ever afters. A mother of five and grandmother of eight, almost a grandmother of nine. Is that correct? Great grandmother. Great, oh, great grandmother. Okay. <laughs> a great grandmother. She's too young to be a great grandmother, but we'll, we'll let her have that. But Mindy resides on a ranch in Texas with her husband, two sassy pups, countless cattle, deer, and the occasional coyote mountain lion and snake. And let me say right up front, you can learn more about Mindy and her books at her website. And she's got a really nice website. Got a lot of information on there at www.mindyobenhouse.com. But Mindy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Kenny. It's nice to be here. Well, you are the inaugural guest. You're the first guest. Oh, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed behind you that you have several of your book Cover, do you call those covers or jackets? What do you call those? Uh, but what's behind me is what we call a cover flat. A cover flat. Okay. Uh -huh. And they cut, they cut that or fold that around the actual book, right? Exactly. Exactly. And um, okay. so, yeah, there's more above that and there's more scattered throughout my office. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about uh, your, your writings here. It's amazing. Uh, I'm so encouraged, but uh, you've pr published 13 books to date. Now that's not counting the other books to where your co-author uh, and, and compilations uh, that are also out there on the market, but you've published 13 books to date. And uh, let me say they're all a part of the Harlequin love inspired uh, 
publication series. Mm -hmm. And also she's found, Mindy has found everywhere on Amazon, on walmart.com, on target.com. They already, already show some of her books that are to be released. You can pre pre-order those. And also on Amazon, she's both in print and in Kindle, uh, which mm -hmm. is huge. But the breaks down, then this is just to give you as the viewers a little understanding background. She has the Bliss Series Texas, which is right now a set of four volumes. The Rocky Mountain Heroes Series, which is five volumes. And then she has several standalone books. Those are four volumes. She's received the American Christian Fiction Writers Carol Award as a finalist recognition several times on several of the books. Also, the 2020 Holt Medallion Award winner for Short Inspiration. And uh, we're going to talk about that book here in just a minute. Also, her, the Faith, Hope, and Love Reader's Choice Award. Uh, she was the winner in 2020 for a short contemporary book. But uh, let me ask you for just a minute, and we don't have time to go through all the books, but I did actually read uh, the one, I don't have the title in front of me, about the, 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 the man who finds out he's a father. And uh, so I get a little bit of a taste of, of your writing style and uh, the sincerity. And as a fellow Texan, I can say that I definitely sense the, the whole Texas atmosphere in your writing. But let me ask you about the book, and I actually can't see it in the lights here, um, the one where you won the uh, short inspirational award, the Holt Medallion Award for her Colorado Cowboy. What, what do you think it is about that particular book that – that stood out that, that, uh, others who, you know, give accolades said, Hey, this is, this is a, a, a writing look, worth looking into. You know, I honestly don't know. Um, and there can be a story that I really, really think is going to do great. And, and I don't want to say it falls flat, but you know, it doesn't get quite the reception. And then others that I think are maybe lesser, you know, do real well. That one, um, has Harlequin has actually repackaged that in a two for one or a two in one anthology and stuff. And they use, I think one thing about that was the cover <laughs> in terms that's in terms of sales. Now that obviously in contests, they don't necessarily look at the covers. They're reading the book. Um, but I just, I, I try to put my heart into them and put myself into the character's shoes into the characters' heads and just try to let the reader to experience things with them. And I want, I want the characters to be real. I don't want them to be um, cardboard cutouts. And, you know, we, um, if it's somebody that they can relate to, then it just, uh, I don't know. You just, and contests, I will say, are very subjective too. <laughs> well, sure. But I think it's something to actually be recognized for anything. Uh, you know, it's a very competitive world. And for someone to stand back and to say, hey, this this book is worth reading. And so the all uh, the people watching, they can actually find that out on, uh, especially on uh, some of the different websites to where they show uh, the, the awards that your books have, have uh, received. Also, I had another question. There's another book that actually um, was the winner for Faith, Hope, and Love Reader's Choice Award in 2020 for Short Contemporary, Reunited in the Rockies. Mm -hmm. And that's a part I, of the uh, Rocky Mountain Hero Series. Is that correct? Yes. So was her Colorado Cowboy. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So so, so so both of those were part of the, the Rocky Series. Yes. So anything special about that that stands out in your mind? 
you know, and it, it, okay, here's what's kind of something kind of funny. So both of those books were entered into the same contests and one won one contest and the other one won another contest. <laughs> so I don't, it, it, like I said, it really depends on how the people react to it. And you, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't know who, who, um, how it's going to touch the judges that are reading those particular things. Um, like I say, I do try to put a lot of emotion into my books mm-hmm. and, and that's where we connect with people. And so if it, if there's something there that resonates with somebody, then, you know, obviously they're going to walk away um, either feeling really good or which, you know, when you write happily, when you write happily, when you write romance, you have a happily ever after. And so you would hope they walk away smiling. You know, that's my thing is to close a book and just to have that contented sigh when I'm finished. Mm-hmm. Well, I sense <laughs> but, that and the book that I had the opportunity to read. Um, it was encouraging. It was realistic. It dealt with some difficult subjects in a, in a, in a, I guess you would say an honor, Christ honoring way. And uh, yet you didn't skate the issues. And so there's a very much a reality to it. It was interesting reading the reviews on Amazon, um, a lot of astounding reviews and a lot of reviews. And so uh, what you share uh, is what I read. The people say that that you're hitting the mark and that uh, they've inspired and can't wait for the next book to come out. So uh, I think you'd be congratulated for that. And it's inspirational, Mindy, because especially in the backdrop against what we see happening in our culture, that you are an, an example that something can be done with excellence, something can be done with good taste and approach difficult subjects, but not have to go bad, you know, in, in a negative way. And uh, the hope that things can resolve and have a happy ever after. Christians don't live perfect lives. Um, some people think we do or that we're supposed to be, but we make mistakes too. And, um, you know, the good news is that we have a God who forgives us. And um, I just, this is a little off off point here, but I, we're, we've been watching The Chosen season two and we've kind of rewatching it. There's one scene in there where Mary Magdalene has wandered away from Jesus. And I mean, physically and emotionally. And it just, she regrets it. She comes back. She can't, she's afraid to look at him because she knows that she turned her back on him. And yet, Jesus just looks at her and says, you're forgiven. And that just created such a picture in my mind of how God is with us. We're afraid to come back to, you know, we know we messed up. We're afraid to come back to him sometimes. And he's just waiting for us. And when we do, and we look him in the face and he just says, you're forgiven. That's excellent. And I think that comes through in your writing, that sense of redemption. Absolutely. We'd be... Well, obviously, we'd be lost without it. And it's not a one and done. (laughs) And I'm thankful for that. Let me ask you, um, in correspondence with you, you mentioned that you were in a deadline, and this is just kind of looking forward of getting a book in. And and like I said, Target already shows that you have a couple of books to pre-order. But can you give us just a little bit of background on, on what God is doing in your life and where you're taking your stories 
the titles and not not the whole synopsis, but just kind of a heads up on uh, where you're headed? Oh, goodness. Well, it's uh, uh, I've got a new series that will be coming out in May. So that's what I or in September. I'm sorry. Will be the first book coming out. And so I'm actually working on book three. Just the deadline was book two. I just got that turned in uh, in that series. And that's the one that'll be out in December. Um, mm-hmm. And it's honestly these there's some the first book is a little heavier. The second one, after writing some some more challenging things, the second one, I was like, this one is kind of a little more lighthearted. And I'm, am I missing something, God? Is this <laughs> is this what you want me to do? But, you know, there always has to be conflict in there. So it will still be in there. And uh, so, yeah, it's just it's interesting to build a community and and see the flaws that people have and and of course we like to highlight those flaws and uh and then find a way to redeem them now you said an interesting word and i think you mean this in reference to your writing that uh to build a community is were you talking about your writing i was talking about the stories building the the fictitious community within the story and the characters Uh and uh you know, as I live in a in a very small rural community here in Texas, and so um, I, it's there's just you you find you've got all kinds. You've got quirky characters. You've got uh, just I don't know. I just there's people, uh, there's even some people that you probably know from when we went to church together <laughs> huh. have showed up in a couple of books. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Not personally, but I have used them as um, their characteristics. And this well, was this was in a good way, not a negative way. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, I think I'm inspired by that because the word community to me right now is very important, especially mm-hmm. the past two and a half years of what we've been through. And, and Mindy, that's also why we've launched other things with Mindy Open House because even though this is a, it's really a kind of a, a single dimensional aspect, you know, they pull up their, their, their laptop or their phone and they watch this interview, but in a very real way, the power of the conversation does develop community and people feel inspired. People feel connected. And to me, that's very important. And uh, then also the fact that you made yourself very available through email, through your website, for people to reach out uh, to me, that says even more about who you are. Also that aspect of community that pours over into your whole uh, life as an author, as a, as a person. Let me ask you um, real quickly. I know we need to kind of keep things moving along, but uh, let me get back over here to my sheet, my cheat sheet here. Uh, I have to come through, but uh, a side note, you mentioned the covers and that how some of the people like certain covers, you've got really cool covers. And the question is, where does that come from? How do you get those? Uh, well, fortunately Harlequin has a really marvelous art department <laughs> and, but we do have to give them input. Uh, I usually have to provide them with uh, three scenes that are in the book and I have to describe them and what I envision. And then sometimes they listen to me and sometimes they don't. So <laughs> I just, I never know what I'm going to get, but, um, but I've, I've been fairly pleased. And actually in the since I start probably on about book, Oh, let's see. That was 
if you'll notice how these are here, these start being mm -hmm. different. They went to a different, um, they had done a very in-depth study of what readers might like and stuff. So they, they changed things up and then they're doing things different now. And so we just, we authors just kind of try to go with the flow and give them mm -hmm. what they're looking for <laughs> in terms of information. And as a matter of fact, I just, I just got the cover for my September book today and I don't have it where I can show it to you, but I was very, very pleased with what they did with it. Awesome. Now you're saying that, let me get back here on this other sheet because target, I mean, tell me if these are the, the books that are coming out. Um, what well, target.com shows a pre-order ready for Easter on Mar Easter on the ranch, March 20th of 2023, March, November 29th, 2022. They're showing her holiday lawman. Are those, is that information correct? Those are both, uh, what they call an anthology. There's two books in one. And so they've mm -hmm. taken, uh, each one of those will have one of my, a book that has already been published. Mm -hmm. And then they paired it with another author and another book. So the one is called Easter at the Ranch. So it's two ranch stories that have Easter in there. And then, of course, the Christmas ones. And both of the uh, is actually a friend of mine who's uh, the second book in there. And they're both the both stories are about lawmen. So that's cool. And I did notice that uh, you have some books to where it's you or is it a co-author where there's a couple of books. Are those the pairings? That would be the pairings, yes. The pairings, okay. I didn't mm -hmm. know if you were beginning to do that, kind of like, no, you know, like songwriters, you know, they'll get in the room, and <laughs> <laughs> they'll springboard off of each other. But, uh, well, let me ask you, um, it's so cool. And, and folks watching this show, there is a lot going on with Mindy. And like I said, she's all over the web. You just type her name and wherever you are, Walmart, Target, Amazon, uh, she's there. But, uh, you back when I first met you and I remember the the night we were at the Sunday school fellowship and you were excited that you had your first, uh, what do you call that? Not the jacket, but the, the flat, the cover and flat. you had the cover flat and you were so excited and you're sharing with people that I'm so excited. You know, this is, this is the first book that's going to be published. And, uh, I remember that. And that probably was around the, the, from what I can remember, if I get this correct, it's the doctor's family reunion. Is that correct? Was your first publication? Yes. So that, and that was in okay. 2013. Right. Uh, yeah. Amazon says September of 2013. And, um, but real, just real quick. So it came out in September. When did you actually finish that book? Was that all the way back in 12 probably? And then had to submit it. How long of a process from the time you submitted did, then it came out, came out on the, September of 13. Just what <laughs> that one, because it was my first has a, a, is much different than, than the way I do things now. Um, because when you, now I, when I submit a book, I submit a proposal, which is a synopsis of the whole book and the first three chapters. But back then, uh, when I was, when you're first starting out, you have to submit an entire manuscript. And so, um, I had, uh, gone to a conference and I had met with an editor from love inspired and she, I told her about the story and she requested it. Now this was in September of 11 when I met with her, she wanted to see wow. the manuscript. And so I got it ready and I sent it off to her and she had told me, she said, you know, sometimes I don't get back right. If you don't hear anything, contact me. So probably about six months later, I contacted her and just touched base with her. And she said, 
well, I like the premise, but uh, you know, I'd like to see some things changed in it. This just isn't working. And so she made suggestions and that's not a rejection, that's a revision. And so I made those changes and, um, and then I resubmitted it to her. And then she called me, so that was in 12. So in January of 13, she called me and said, um, I've read your story. It's not quite there yet, but I'd like to offer you a contract. And, cool. you know, um, so I'm doing the happy dance all across my kitchen <laughs> at that point. And so um, I had to rewrite, a, oh, probably about at least half of the book <laughs> based on her changes. And, and I had like a month to do that in a few weeks. Um, but I did it by the grace of God. <laughs> and, um, and then it was, so that was January 13. And then the book came out of September 13. That's that's awesome. That gives everyone a context of the struggle that you actually went through just to get your first book published. And then also the intensity that exists in that process, I'm sure from then on, right? Absolutely. And even leading up to that, I started writing in 2004. Yeah, 2004 was when I started writing. And so it was a long time. Well, but I had like, a whole lot to learn too. I you know, I didn't, I didn't know about the writing world. Yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, you share on your website in your bio that, that, uh, this was not something you set out to do in life. And that I believe you said, I think it was at the age of 40 to where you, was it around that time that you began to, uh, uh, feel inspired or moved to do that? Yep. Yep. I would say it took me till I was 40 to figure out what I wanted to do. And I grew up. <laughs> But real quickly, just give us a flyover view. And I know there's a lot that transpired from that moment. Uh, I believe when your mother came to, was she living with you or staying with you? When... Yeah, she moved uh, from Michigan to Texas in 2003. And she, okay. uh, my mom had always been an avid romance writer, reader. And um, I was not a reader. I did not like to read, uh, mostly because I equated it with school. And I, I just didn't get that bug. And so anyway, um, then she moved in with us and she brought all these books, <laughs> boxes and boxes. And I said, mom, we can't keep all these. So as I'm sorting through them, I got intrigued just like anybody else does. Well, this cover looks good. Turn it over, read the back. And well, that sounds kind of good. And well, anyway, that kind of where it started. Um, so I started reading and, you know, realized I had always... I blame it on being an only child, but I'd always been making up stories in my head. And so, uh, you know. Isn't that something? So you were an only child, <laughs> and uh, that's a different world. It's a world I don't know. So uh, did you find yourself as a child, though, with a lot of uh, creativity going on inside? Um, probably not like I should have had. Like, the nothing. Okay. Yes, I had a lot of creativity. I had, like I said, I had my imaginary friends, you know, because if my friends, I mean, especially on Christmas, you know, friends, you know, they had to be with their families. And here I was stuck and it was just me. I didn't have anybody to play my new toys with. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there was, a, I, I'm pretty sure I had an imaginary big brother. I always wanted a big brother and a little brother. So uh, there was that. Well, now I read one of your blogs to where now you have a six foot two son. So He's not your brother, but he is. Uh, yes, he's he towers. 
I feel very tiny when he's around. <laughs> and he's, that, that's cool. He's as tall as I would like to be. <laughs> Let me ask you, uh, in the flyover, you mentioned that uh, there were some some challenges that you faced and uh, obstacles or, or uh, I don't know how you would want to look at that, but just maybe some things uh, that can just share the, the struggles that you went through uh, that you overcame in order to fulfill your dream of being an author and and being successful at this is, are there any, some kind of standout moments along the way that, that uh, we can glean things from? Well, I can totally say from a, from a, a, a spiritual standpoint, um, you know, when I started right, when I started writing, um, I really didn't know anything about Christian fiction at all. I didn't, know it existed. If it did, all I could think of was uh, the little prairie romances and stuff. And that was not me. Um, and I had completed a manuscript. It was terrible, but I had completed one and um, was had begun uh, learning the craft. I had gone to some writers meetings and joined some writers groups. And God really began to work on me. And I just it was I, I I, I know the song Jesus Take the Wheel was part of it. And there's just little things that he put in my path and just, you know how sometimes you just know he's working on you and you try to ignore him and you, he, he doesn't, he doesn't mind if we ignore him. He just comes in stronger. But anyway, <laughs> I knew he was calling me to write for him. And I, um, I did not feel worthy of that calling. And so I argued with him that didn't get me anywhere, <laughs> by the way. And uh, so ultimately, I just kind of said, okay, God, fine, but you're going to have to help me do this. And I'm pretty sure he got a chuckle out of that. So, um, but he did at the same time, you know, it was like, oh, hey, there's some things I'd like you to kind of knock out of your life. And so I had to do that as well. Um, and, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the rest of your question. <laughs> no, that, that's, oh, you that's, said that's... you said marker markers or uh, the other uh, significant thing was when uh, it was in 2011, and I had um, it was Labor Day 2011, and we had come down, uh, come down to our ranch, and we were at our camp house, and a wildfire broke out that weekend, and it was the same weekend as the big bass drop fires when Texas was on fire everywhere. And we were evacuated and all this stuff. Well, uh, the following, nothing happened. Uh, we were we were spared stuff. And we had come back down the following weekend. And the fire had compelled my husband to cut this branch because it was touching our camp house. Well, so my son and I are holding the ladder. And um, that branch did not come down right. And that knocked him, knocked the ladder out from under him. He went down and uh, broke his back. And oh, by the way, there's a mass on your kidney, they said. Okay, well, so they thought he was care flighted to Houston and we thought he was going to have to have surgery. Ended up, he did not have to have surgery. It was a compression fracture, but mm. he wanted to know about that mass on his kidney. So they um, did a sonogram and uh, or they did a, a scan and they weren't too concerned about it. They said, but you, you follow up with your regular doctor when you get home. So we did. So that was September. 
And well, okay. So start right there. He comes home. He can't walk. He can't get out of bed. I was supposed to leave on less than two weeks later to go to my annual American Christian Fiction Writers Conference. And um, I said, I'm not going to go because you can't walk. He was adamant that I was going to go <clears throat> to the point that he made me leave the house and go buy a dress for the gala that they have. And I did that and just said, well, okay, I'll do it and I'll, I'll keep the receipt and I'll just take it back. <laughs> but <laughs> he said, no, he was adamant. And so I'm scheduled to leave on a t Tuesday or Wednesday. And as of Sunday or Monday, he still couldn't get out of bed by himself. And neither of our boys were driving. We're old enough to drive yet. And so he, you, you know, somebody's, your husband is behind you when he picks up the phone and he calls your Sunday school teacher and says, I need help. And he made sure I went. Well, that was the conference when I first pitched that first book to that editor that ultimately ended up selling. Well, and, that's, uh, that's, that's awesome. Just God working and uh, having that kind of support. And uh, I know a very stressful time for you. And yet in the midst of it, God was actually working on his plan. Absolutely. And, uh, and I will say uh, just a little addendum there. And then he, it turned out he did have, uh, he did have uh, a problem with his kidney. He ended up having kidney cancer and they took, so on November 3rd, no, November 14th, he had his kidney removed. The cancer was contained. And then he developed um, complications while he was in the hospital. He had a book developed a blood clot on his lung or he did. He, he, they just trying to find out what was wrong with him. They discovered he had a blood clot on his lung. He ended up mm. spending in the hospital, but if it hadn't been for the fire, he wouldn't have been compelled to cut that branch. If he hadn't cut that branch, he wouldn't have broken his back. And if he wouldn't have broken his back, they would not have found that cancer. And if he hadn't had complications, he'd have gone home with a blood clot on his lung. It may not look like it, but God is always working on our behalf. I, I believe that many, I've seen that so many times in visiting with people in my ministry past. And they said, well, daddy, I remember one woman, you know, my father fell off the roof, almost killed him. And she said, and to top it off, they found out he has cancer. And I told her, I said, well, no, but because it, it saved his life. And I said, Absolutely. no he fell off the roof so that he would know he had cancer. He didn't know. And, uh, he survived and recovered from the fall, but also they were able to do surgery and, uh, you know, save his life. So I absolutely believe that's how God works many times. And, uh, and I think that comes out in the way you write also the, the fact that God is involved. In, and I tell you, Mindy, something that I, I hear in your, your speech that I want to point out to our, our, our viewers is, uh, you hearing God, you feeling strong impressions from the Lord, not necessarily always audible words, but also the way that you see that God is at work, even in the difficult things that you personally in your own life experience. And to me, I think that's, that's a fantastic way of viewing life. Well, it doesn't come easy. And, but it's through those hardships and you, uh, you just go, you know what? He hasn't failed me yet. 
and you know I might, I might look up and say <clears throat> okay i'm not liking this right now what i'm going through but i know you've got a reason for it and uh so yeah i i do that does transcend to my writing because we all have those things and you know it's it's just a part of life and it's how we react to those things and how those things impact us that um separates us mm -hmm. as Christians. Well, let me ask you, this is something that's just coming to mind. It's a laborious task to write a book. I mean, it was hard for me just to write a, a paper for college, but in the middle of writing, do you find yourself refreshed? Are you um, stressed or, you know, in the process, is it a place, is it a place that you go to for, um, I guess, just for refreshing or how, how do you feel when you're in that, in that mode? all of the above. Um, there are days when I just feel like I'm banging my head against a wall. God, the words are not coming. Um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes I just, I literally have to step away because there's nothing. And then there's other days when I just, I know what's going to happen. And I just, my fingers can't fly fast enough. Um, but I, I have learned to, um, try to remove myself from the process. Um, sometimes I forget and I'll be struggling one of my writing and I got stop and I'll say, ah, I did it again. Cause I tried to, what I did was I forgot to pray and I try mm. to pray every time I sit down to write, just to ask God to remove me from the equation, to just make me his vessel. Because I find that that, when I'm not trying to push my own agenda and I'm doing what he wants me to do is when things tend to go a whole lot better. That's cool. I mean, to me, I mean, I think you're describing the perfect creative process to where art is, you know, it comes out of you, but it's something beyond you. And uh, the fact that you really seek to empty yourself to where your mind's clear. And uh, it's almost like, uh, you're viewing the story with us. Do you ever feel that way to where, where you, you know, you see the story unfolding? I do. And there's times when, you know, I think I know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden God will just, you know, make a sharp left turn and there we go. And I'll be, I get done. I'm like, wow, I wasn't expecting that, but that was really cool. <laughs> that's all. That's awesome. To me, that's the, that's the ultimate art is to where you're surprised by by things in the middle of it. Uh, let me ask you, 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 uh, um, real quickly here. I want to touch briefly on the Seekerville, the journey continues blog. It, it looks like you do a pretty good job of actually posting that kind of on a regular basis. And, uh, it's a really cool website. How did you find out about that? And then also I want to ask you about uh, real quickly, a couple of questions on your post, the many hats of an author, but how did you, how did you find that, that avenue of, of expression? Well, Seekerville was, okay, first of all, when writers go to conferences, we kind of, you know, we, we meet like-minded people, people who don't think we're weird when we hear voices. Um, so it's always <laughs> nice to, to, to hang around those people. But at any rate, Seekerville started, oh gosh, a long, long time ago. And it was, um, uh, it was because a group of ladies who and authors aspiring authors at the time who kept inter finaling and contests together and stuff and all so they got together and they started this blog well in 2018 
late 2017, I guess a lot of them, um, some of them wanted to uh, kind of retire. They wanted to step away from the blog. And so that's why it's called The Journey Continues. And that was when I was invited to join them, me and several other ladies. <clears throat> uh, so we're with, there's some that are original seekers and then some of us joined to them. And it's, um, you know, everybody's published now, but we approach it. Well, we even have some publicists on there too. But we um, just, we talk about the craft of writing, but then we also talk about day-to-day -day life. And obviously our faith is, is a big part of that. So um, sometimes, you know, sometimes like my last post was, you know, much more, it was called growing pains. It was about God stretching us. You know, it's not just those kids, not just those growing pains we used to get as kids, but sometimes God decides he's going to stretch us. And I, I typically, when I write, I do it once a month. And when I write for that, I just kind of go, okay, where am I at right now? What is going on in my writing life or in my life in general? And so, yeah, you can tell he was stretching me recently. <laughs> I think that's neat. And especially it's a, it's a, like an addendum to your writing. So people can have a better understanding just what you just said about where are you in your life and what God is saying to you. Let me ask you on the, the many hats of an author that you posted back in February. I thought this was really good. And it's like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, six aspects of the hats. And you also kind of mentioned the fact that these are six hats, but there's probably, you know, there's more, but you talk about the writer hat, the editor hat, the marketing hat, the mail clerk hat, the mentor hat and the teacher hat. And, uh, you, I, I like what you say that the writer's hat is the working hat. And, uh, you go a little bit of definition there, mm -hmm. uh, on the editing, uh, you've already kind of alluded to the fact that, uh, you do have a, a editor from, is it, is, I know the, the, the series, um, uh, but is Harlequin, are they actually the the people that edit or your editor? Are they a part of harlequin.com or Harlequin? I have. Yeah. My editor is, um, uh, yeah, I have an editor. I've actually had four editors. I'm on my fourth editor. I don't know what the deal is there. If they don't like me or <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it's, it's all been very normal, <laughs> but, uh, but no, uh, I work closely with my editor because I have to, um, when I have a, a, a an idea for a new story, I typically will I, I send a proposal for a series, but then each story within the series, I have to send her a proposal in the first three chapters on, and she has to approve those um, before I can uh, you know finish up the book and so on and so forth. Although I generally keep writing, but um, so yeah, and and the editor relationship uh, needs to be it's, it's a fairly close relationship, but I have to be my own editor, um, before I send it off to her. And my husband actually helps me too. Well, he's great at typos <laughs> and some other things. He'll say, I know what you're trying to say here, but this isn't right. He <laughs> didn't. That's cool. You know, John Grisham, uh, his story of, of, of publishing, he wrote, he published 3000 self-published a time to kill 3000 copies and did library tours and he couldn't get a book deal. And he found out his, his uh, manager called him at Sunday school. He's a Sunday school teacher at the time uh -huh. and said, John, I found out that your book is being shopped in Hollywood for a book deal. What do you want me to do about it? He said, sell it to the highest bidder. This is a true story. <laughs> 660,000. And he said he couldn't get anybody to, to publish him. But what's interesting is his wife, if I remember correctly, is a grammar teacher, English teacher. And so she was his editor on that book. But, uh, 
So it's helpful. I think even Stephen King, his wife uh, used to do back when he was first starting. Um, and I don't read Stephen King books, but I did read his book on, on writing because I thought, well, this guy's right. published a lot. What does he know about it? Very good book, but that's cool. So on the marketing hat, uh, and it's encouraging. And I tell you, you, you're to be commended for the work that's happening from you and your team to get the word out about yourself, about your books, because you are found everywhere. I think, which is key in this world. Uh, you mentioned uh, people that are with Just Read Publicly Tours. Uh, that They've been a tremendous help, Carrie, Beth, and the rest of the crew uh, for helping getting the books out. But did you find out about them again through these seminars that you've gone to, these uh, support groups? And, and how, how did you come across them as a, as a people that you can connect with to help get your, your books out? Actually, them I found out when, um, when I joined Seekerville because they had brought a couple of uh, Carrie and Beth, and there was another gal, Annie, had brought her on board, and they were book bloggers. I was not familiar with book bloggers. And um, so that was kind of eye-opening for me, and I've learned a lot from them. But they, at the time, they were just book bloggers. Now they have this um, publicity company, and so they'll do, um, they do blog tours. They do in, uh, Instagram or Bookstagram tours and various things. And so, you know, I was like, well, sign me up for that because I know nothing. You know, I don't, mm -hmm. I'm not a marketing person. <clears throat> and so I do Let struggle me, with it. This is a side note as I was just preparing for all of this and, and looking at your writing and reading one of your books, uh, that uh, side question, uh, have you ever thought about trying to see uh, connecting with like Hallmark? It seems to me that, that what you write about and, the, the way you go about things would be a very good fit for that channel. I know with a lot of women that I know, we don't have cable here, but uh, not just women, but, but families that care about good programming that they have just massive series and a, a wonderful production facility. Have you ever thought about that or been approached? Um, I have not been approached. Um, yeah, oh yes, we are all very well aware of Harlequin or of Hallmark and, um, uh, a lot of times that's how I will describe my books. I'll say, think about a Hallmark movie with a faith element to it. And um, I know some authors, I know, I don't know of a love inspired author, but I know of one who she wrote for another line with Harlequin because Harlequin has a ton of lines, some of which I will never read, <laughs> but <laughs> they, um, but she actually has, um, uh, uh, they made one of her books into a Hallmark movie. And um but that's that's something that's purely up to Hallmark. And prior to COVID, uh, Harlequin had actually, I don't want to say they started, they had partnered with a movie production company and they were making a lot of Hallmark books. And actually there was one, not Hallmark, Har Harlequin books. And there was uh, a friend of mine who writes for Love Inspired and one of hers was made into a movie. And of course they took out the faith element and. But, um, you know, as long as they're true to the essence of the story, that's okay. But, well, but no, I, I watch a lot of Hallmark. <laughs> yeah, I just see that. And, uh, and they I actually, you, they have a publishing wing too. They, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I think about guys like uh, Dallas Jenkins, who is innovative in the way he's getting his, his, his movies and his work to the screen. And mm -hmm. I hope guys like him increase because definitely, I mean, I could see a Dallas Jenkins having a whole subset 
of uh, movies that are that are source fundraised, uh, raised you know, material, mm-hmm. but uh, to take your series and, and bring them to life. And actually, the scripting wouldn't be that difficult because you've got a, a robust dialogue going on between the characters. So anyway, I, I hope, you know, and like you said, I realize a lot of times you don't have control over that. But at the same time, to me, it seems like a natural fit, especially with the, the media starving world that we live in. They want content and you've already got the content here. Uh, yeah. Just moving on real quickly here. We got about seven more minutes. If I'm looking at I'll make 12. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm just inspired because of all the things that you do uh, to get the job done. And you make a comment uh, right at the very end. You say being an author entails much, much more than just writing. And can you, just give a little vignette because I can guarantee you, Mindy, there are a lot of people that feel like that they have a book inside them, mm-hmm. but yet, and, and I'm one of them. It's like, I've got all these titles of books and I've got the whole kind of subset and uh, I'm 62 years old. And my wife is saying, when are you going to, when you, when are you going to write your book? And so, you know, I'm in, personally inspired by talking to you today and, um, but just give a brief, you know, overview, um, just anything you want to share about that because of your, your transparency that if you want to be an author, there's a lot more. And this article covers that, but anything that you want to just stand out as a word of encouragement, perhaps to someone who's watching, who says, I, I've got a book inside me. What would you say to them? I would say um, now a lot of the stuff I, you, if you're talking about that blog post of the many hats of an author, a lot of those you don't need to worry about initially. When you're, if you want to write, I highly recommend finding a good writer's organization. Um, I highly, highly recommend American Christian Fiction Writers. And there are a lot of people who are members of that who write nonfiction as well. But it is an excellent source for learning the craft because you have to learn the craft. You can have the best story in the world in your head and you can put it on paper, but if it doesn't read well, you know, so there's certain things that you have to learn. You know, when I first started and people throwing out all these acronyms, you know, POV, what is that point of view? Well, okay. Why didn't you just say that? That kind of thing. But there's a lot of things that need to be learned. And I just, I honestly, if it wasn't for American Christian fiction writers, I probably wouldn't be published. Um, but they have an annual conference, but they also have local chapters where you can learn. And then they have uh, online resources and online um, courses as well. And it's not a very, it's not a real expensive uh, annual thing. But um, so then through that, you meet a lot of friends and iron sharpens iron. And so you have people that you work with early on. I had a lot of critique partners, we would read each other's stuff and, you know, everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. So, um, you, you know, you share things a little bit at a time and it just, it takes time to grow as a writer. Um, I thought I could just, if there was just a book that I could get and it just have all the things you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. And that didn't happen. (laughs) There's a lot of books out there, but it it is a growing process too. So, what I'm hearing is uh, the organic connections of community with other people striving to be a part of the same thing, doing the same thing. 
has really been helpful and inspirational to you then? Is that kind of summarize yes. it? And even before COVID, we had an online community, but then obviously when COVID hit, everything went to online. And so um, it's, it's even easier now. And um, I have another group of friends that writer friends through another organization that um, we, uh, it's just a handful of us, but we're all in the Oklahoma, Texas area. And so we zoom once a month and it's just a good accountability uh, thing to make sure we're staying on task. And if anybody is having problems with anything. Mm -hmm. I like that word accountability. So, um, so there's some time within those meetings or that, that particular meeting you're talking about to where uh, discussion back and forth, how are things going? Are things moving forward? Have you, are you reaching writer's block or stuff like that? Is, what, is that what you mean? Right. Like I say, is, this one is mostly just encouragement, but, um, but yeah, an accountability partner is always good. I think your wife would be a really excellent one for you based on what you told me. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> and uh, I, I tell you the, the, the podcast that I do, which by the way, for those of you watching this on video on our YouTube channel, uh, it, this is also going to be available as an audio podcast on our anchor uh, w website or anchor show, uh, other things with. And so I'm excited about that. I'm actually on Acast as well. Another podcast that I have called Guad.Rock, Sky the World and Other Things. And this video program is a subset of that. But Anchor, I'm excited. I found out that Anchor is actually owned by Spotify. So they have a tremendous reach. And uh, for those of you who want to do podcasting, Anchor is totally free. And I, I questioned them through a, a, a chat thing. I said, like, I'm not understanding this. And they said, basically, sir, for us to post your podcast, it costs us. It's like cents. <laughs> so they're looking for for a, a content. So we have that going, but I'm excited because there are a lot of people also, Mindy, who they want to listen to this while they're driving to work in the morning in the rush hour traffic. So they're going to have that capability as well. But in closing, as we wrap things up, I think we're going to actually come in basically right on time. We got six minutes. So uh, if there's anything else that's on your mind, I, I don't think we're finished with our conversation, but I am trying to do, to do well in honoring your time and uh, not going over, I, I think you know me well enough from our past that uh, I don't suffer from, you know, lack of speech. And so I want to be honoring of your time. And so uh, definitely I would like to come back if you're open to that. Uh, probably when your your new releases come out, your next book, and uh, we can camp out on that and give some time to the, to the book and give us kind of a synopsis and an overview and also how things are going since this conversation. But um I want you to just share with us, with the audience, if there was one piece of advice that you can impart, that what would that be? Just kind of something to leave people with. I would say if you feel that God is nudging you to do something, do it. It's chances are it's not going to be easy. But I have learned through trial and error that it's it's easier to do it his way. And the, I don't know if a reward is the right word, but there's just been times when he, I've, you know, I've known God was wanting me to do something. 
um, I think I gave you an example of uh, my fourth book or my fifth book. He, there was something he wanted me to do. I wasn't going to do it. It just, it was going to be very emotional. I didn't want to do it. And I kept, no, no, no. I had to rewrite that book three times. And the third time was when my editor came back and said, we're going to have to move your pub date out because this just isn't working. I said, will you give me 30 days? I, I think I know what I need to do. And she said, okay. Sat down, looked at my husband. I said, go buy stock in Kleenex. <laughs> and I said, okay, God, I will do it your way. I knew it was going to be very emotional. And that's what I didn't want to do. And so um, I did. I rewrote that book in 30 days and I sent it to her. And within a week, which is unheard of, but within a week I heard from her and she said, I love it. I have no changes. That's and fantastic. I, and that just killed me rewriting that book so many times, but it was a learning lesson. If I just done it God's way first. And there's been, since then, there's a lot of things that he's wanted me to do in my writing that I've been like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. Okay, fine. I'll do that. <laughs> so, um, and, and in the end, it's always worth it. Amen. Because I I will tell you on that on that story that I struggled with, I I had I received a letter from a reader later, who just she went on to tell me how that book had given her hope. Um, she was struggling with something in her life, and she said that that book gave her hope, and it just brought tears to my eyes. I said, God, if that is that one person that I wrote that story for, that you had me write that story for, then it was all worth it. That's fantastic. I think that's a great note to wrap up this session on. And uh, as we close out, I just want to remind our viewers that um, there's a bunch of ways to connect with Mindy, and they're all go going to be on the website. And uh, MindyOpenHouse.com, her email is Mindy at MindyOpenHouse.com. That's simple. And uh, her Instagram. The most, the most challenging part is learning to spell Open House. Open House. Yeah, that's O-B-E-N-H-A-U-S. <laughs> And uh, Instagram is the same thing, just uh, Instagram.com forward slash Mindy.OpenHouse. And Facebook, the same thing, uh, just .com forward slash author Mindy OpenHouse, all one word, author Mindy OpenHouse. But Mindy, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And with that, this is a wrap of show number one. And to our viewers with this, I bid you peace. <laughs>